My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to this time of the morning, every Tuesday and Wednesday, where we are discussing our series of topics on divorce. And we've looked at um, the fic of divorce. We've discussed if you've been thinking about divorce, how do you broach the subject to your partner? How do you discuss the subject with your children? That was yesterday's discussion. And now today specifically looking at the financial implications of divorce. If you are struggling for a place to live, um, also maybe looking at um, if your breadwinner has now left and uh, left the marriage completely. How do you manage with the children financially? And joining me in studio as always is Sheikh Fadil Imandin who is the uh, head of the MJC's Department of Social Development at the MJC. Sheikh, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I hope Sheikh is well this morning, inshallah. Alhamdulillah. Always mm. alhamdulillah. Good, alhamdulillah. So as always the lines are open on 021-442-3530. Alternatively you're welcome to SMS 47913. If you've gone through a divorce and uh, you have maybe navigated your way through the financial implications that divorce um, has affected and how divorce has affected you financially you're welcome to please give us a call we want to hear your thoughts on the issue so Sheikh let's start off with the implications of divorce on a marriage and the financial Inshallah. First and foremost, all praise and thanks is due to Allah. And may the peace and blessings be bestowed upon our beloved Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his family, his friends, his companions, and all those who follow them in righteousness. Amin thumma amin. Muslimin, first and foremost, we always remind one another, especially when we speak about the topic of marriage, that when you speak about marriage, it is something that affects the emotions very hardly. Mm. But it is also something that is governed by the law of Allah. So we are sometimes caught between a rock and a hard place when it comes to marriage and it comes to emotions, love and whatever is attached to marriage and so on. So we we, we kind of find it difficult to separate our emotions from follow, following the law of Allah. And the same thing happens in divorce and the same thing happens in the consequences of divorce, especially when we speak about the implications, the financial implications on divorce. Mm-hmm. Now, before we can answer that question and do justice to the question, we first need to understand what is nafaqa. Because sometimes we don't understand truly what is nafaka. Sometimes you ask the wife, you know, the wife complains, Sheikh, my imam, my wife, my husband doesn't nafaka me properly. And then when you come in and you say, he doesn't give me money in my hands. So we need to understand that Islamically, nafaka means that a husband provides a loving space, adequate loving space for the wife and the children. There is food on the table. And this, when we say food on the table, it's not Kentucky every night or Nando's every night. And this is not an advertisement for those things. But it is a food that is suffices for the family. It is stable food of the of the community, and that the wife is clothed every so now and then. Not every week, not for every wedding. There must be a new outfit. Or zit mosi frowns next last week. Day outfit. Amulet me gesinnen day outfit. So I can't wear it again for the second wedding, and I can't wear it again for la barang and so on and so forth. But she he must provide her clothing that will cover her body adequately. So seasonal. Alhamdulillah. And seasonal again does not mean that he needs to buy every year, you know, 50 pairs of jeans with 
29 pairs of scarves and 36 pairs of shoes. Yeah, it's a luxury. But what is the necessity? And obviously when we speak about nafaqa, the wife especially needs to understand the the pocket of the husband. And that is very important when it comes to a marriage communication as far as finances is, so that to know what we can do, what we can expect, what we can't do, and what we shouldn't expect in the marriage. So that is basically in a nutshell what nafaqa is. So the husband needs to see to those needs of the wife. And this comes into play the day the wife, the husband says, uh, taking the oath, قَبِلْتُ نِكَاحَ لِنَفْسِ بِذَلِكَ When he takes that oath that he's going to marry his wife and look after her and see to her needs. Now when it comes to divorce, the husband sometimes is under the impression that I have now divorced my wife, so all my financial obligations are finished and life is going to be easier financially for me because I do not have any dependence upon me. But this is something that is not true. Many a times today, in, in, in when it comes to divorce or it comes to, you know, talaq or whatever the case may be, husbands just shy away from all their responsibilities concerning the wife. This is during the Idda period and thereafter. Now, unfortunately, we do understand that and know for a fact that we don't live in an Islamic country. And we don't, and Muslim marriages are not recognized in the country that we are living in. So our marriages is not being governed by the law. Mm. And this is a problem because now there is no enforcing anything. And this is where we come to when we say at the very beginning that we are governed by the law of Allah. So we need to be more conscious of who we are as a person and what my beliefs are. I am a South African, but first and foremost, I am a Muslim. I know and understand that Allah Ta'ala had placed certain rules upon me, obligations upon me, that yes, if I don't see to it on this dunya, Allah is going to get me in the akhirah. There is no person that is not going to stand in the court of Allah. And this is something that people are not conscious of at all. They don't understand the fact that Allah is going to question them pertaining their responsibility that they had to do in this dunya. And that is something that, you know, we don't understand mm. when it comes to especially this nafaqa issue. Because we tend to nafaqa as husbands as we please. And if we don't want to, we don't want to. And if we can't, we don't make that special effort that is needed to see to the survival of our families. Again, we must remind our, our mothers and our wives and our sisters that we must understand, you know, when we come out of the homes of our fathers, we come into a new home where our husband is now responsible for us. But our husband is not our father and he does not have maybe the capabilities that our father has or maybe our father spoiled us rotten you know not understanding the financial implications thereof or what my what lens my father went through to see to my needs as his daughter but now i'm coming to a situation where i have chosen to marry this person who only earns x amount of money per month. Mm. So what is the financial implications of a divorce? It is more than what a person would deem to be when he is married. Some, a divorce is the easiest part. For your husband to say to his wife, wanting to separate from her, I, I talaq you, that is the easiest part. The consequences of that talaq, it now becomes difficult. Not only are we finding ourselves that we are divorced from one another, but we still need to be civil with one another for the purposes of that nafaqa issue. For the obligation that Allah Ta'ala had put me under when I have constituted this divorce. And that ayat in Surah Al-Baqarah verse 226 when Allah Ta'ala speaks about divorce and you know when we can't live in harmony together we should part. This is the, this is the ultimate. You know and everybody that is 
99% of the people going through a divorce choose to ignore this law of Allah. Mm. That if you can't live in harmony, then part in harmony. But instead, we find it and we want to, 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 to uh, you know, attract attention to our if the situation. So we fight one another tooth and, t- and nail. We go against one. We, we had logged and when the divorce is finalized, we can't even look at one another. We can't even be in the same room as one another. We can't even be next to one another. So now we ask the question, so is my marriage truly half of my iman? Or has it completed half of my belief that I have in Allah? Sheikh, I think that's a, a valid point to just let us soak in while we take our ad break, inshallah. There is an SMS that came through. It says, if a woman has stayed home to raise her children until adulthood, does the wife get a part of his assets when he kicks her out? That's something we'll discuss when we come back. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. It's 20 minutes after the hour of 12 on VOC. And of course, Monday and Wednesdays, we discuss the topic of divorce. And we are in our sixth program. If you want to listen to any of the other shows, you're welcome to do so by going on to vocfm.iono.fm on your browser. And you're able to click on the general channel. All the topics are there. We've discussed already the thick of divorce. If you're thinking about divorce, how do you broach, broach the subject um, with your spouse? We've also looked at the trauma of divorce, how to keep it civil and uh, now today specifically looking at the financial implications of divorce and joining me in studio is Sheikh Fadili Mandin who is the head of the MJC's Department of Social Development and we welcome you obviously to SMS us 47913 if you think you would like to give us a call you're welcome to do so as well 021-442-3530 Sheikh before we go into the subject there's an SMS that is quite uh, um, interesting uh, that I think uh, is off the topic and the SMS says I'm a bit off topic but I think it is quite valid If a male convert decides to revert back to Christianity And his wife still stays with him for two months after Trying to sway him back to the dean When does the Idda period start? At the time that he reverts back Or the time that she leaves the marital home? Yeah, there's many issues that I find in this SMS First and foremost, you know uh, In the Muslim community We have enough people in our community To look for a specific wife or husband in so that you know we don't need to look to to people from other religions when a person reverts into islam and then out of islam again it the question arises for who did that person revert to islam for who is that person believing or changing or saying the kalima la ilaha illallah is it just to get married to somebody or not that is the first thing that we need to understand when choosing a spouse especially if it is a revert you know i'm of the opinion and this is the opinion of my my ustad you know my ustads that you know when somebody gets married to a revert that the revert must be a Muslim for at least a year before that marriage takes place so that person can you know slowly but surely uh, acknowledge or, or, or acquire the, the, the correct amount of knowledge to be a Muslim to, to deen Allah and to mm. worship Allah and Allah alone and to understand the responsibility and to understand the responsibility that, mm. that, that he is required to do when, or she to, to do when she says the kalima la ilaha illallah coming to the question and the answer thereof is as soon as a person reverts out out of the deen of Islam as soon as any person says I no longer believe in Allah and I'm reverting back to my previous religion at that moment that very moment that marriage is broken 
That person should, if it is a wife, if it is the husband reverts, the wife then immediately goes under Idda and Idda starts from that day and not from the day that she uh, she leaves the home as the SMS had uh, stated there, inshallah. So I hope, inshallah, that helps you on that topic. So today we, I think a lot of the stop, uh, of, of the discussion today is going to go around Nafaka. And before I even go to any of the questions that are um, up on the, the SMS line, Sheikh, let's just look at Nafaka and who needs to be nafaka so if we've now gone through a divorce, do you need to give the wife after the Idda period is over? Do you need to give the children? And how do you decide on the amount? Yeah, inshallah, once a divorce is instituted, especially a talaq, the, husband, the wife now immediately goes under Idda for three menstrual cycles or three months, depending on the age of the wife. The husband is then due to maintain his wife for that Idda period. And there is many reasons why he is due. But the, 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 nafik, the nafaka here is minimal. It only means a roof over her head and for food on the table every day for her during the Idda period. Once the Idda period is completed, the Deen of Islam says, then the Nafaka comes to an end and she reverts back to the responsibility of either her father or her brothers who then stands as her wakils at that yeah. time. So Nafaka is due to the wife after the Talaq. This is obviously the, the hikmah behind it is obviously in the Quran. It is found in the Quran. Allah Ta'ala says that no husband can force his wife out of his house after he had issued a divorce. Meaning that he needs to remove himself out of the house and see to it that she is comfortable and also this Idda period for her is to for her to understand that she is no longer a married person she is now single and in a few months time she needs to fend more or less or if we can use that word for herself but if there is children inside that marriage and born from that marriage those children will be the responsibility of that father until the day of Qiyamah or until the, ch- the children become self-sufficient now today we find that a divorce is instituted from the husband in most cases the Sharia allows it and the South African law allows it that the children lives with the mother if they are minors but the children living with a mind with a mother doesn't mean that the mother is responsible for them it still means that the husband is responsible for them so if they are living with a with a mother so the husband needs to see that the children has a roof over the head the children has uh, the attention that they require as far as clothing medical attention schooling is concerned he is fully 100 percent required to maintain his children until they become self-sufficient or until the day Allah Ta'ala takes him away from this dunya. This is contrary, obviously, to what the South African law is saying. The South African law is saying that both mother and father, they are they are both responsible for the hus- for, for the children 50-50. Now we go, because the law says so, as Muslims following the deen of Allah, saying, La ilaha illallah, Muhammad Rasulullah, we say, no, the South African law says so, so I'm only going to give you 50% of the school fees, I'm only going to give you 50% of the of, of, of the rental, and so on and so forth, I'm only going to see to 50% of the needs of the children. To my brothers who are doing that, inshallah, you know you make tawbah, but you need to revert back to seeing to fully to the responsibility of your children. If they are living in the house of their mother, you subtract the, the, the rental of the mother and you pay the rental that is due from the children. But you can go as far as paying the rental for the mother because she is looking after your children. So you can see to her needs as well because she needs to be well, healthy and fed to be able to look after your children that you made a conscious decision of bringing into this dunya. So hopefully that answers the question from if a woman stayed home today as a children under adulthood, does the wife get part of his asset when he kicks her out? Please help. Yeah, that is somewhat a different uh, SMS because now we're asking, can I take possession of my husband's 
property. We understand from the very beginning in marriage, Muslim rights marriages is what we know as anti-nuptial contract without accrual. It means that what is yours is yours and what is mine is mine. Whatever the husband comes into the marriage with, that belongs to him and can never take, nobody else can take ownership of it unless he gives it over. And whatever the wife comes into the marriage, obviously the same applies. But now we come to a position where the wife has looked after the family, she has raised the children, she had looked after the positions. So now she can, the husband can give her of what he had acquired during the marriage because she didn't stay home because she wanted to live a luxury life. She wanted to just lay at home and watch Bold and the Beautiful and Days of My Lives and, you know, Igoli and Isidingo. No, she stayed home to look after the positions of the husband. So the husband can say, you know, you looked after my position so I can give you 50% of that house. But now the SMS ends with the husband had kicked the wife out. Mm. And if that is the case, then my sister, definitely your husband is not wanting to give you anything. And again, they're going to go with the South African law. If you are not married by civilly and only Muslim rights, then there is nothing that you can do about it. Um, Sheikh, going back to uh, the discussion uh, point that you raised earlier is that that the wife <laughs> after the Ida period now is the responsibility of her brothers, uh, possibly her sons also if they self-sufficient and in the father. I think that's one thing that we yeah. do neglect as well. Yeah, because now, you know, we understand that once the doctors know it, he said, no, we don't need her. And obviously our dua is that she never comes back again, mm, mm. Not, not as a widow, uh, if that we can't excuse, but not as a, as a divorcee. Mm. Because, but if it does happen, then obviously I, then the father then becomes the wakil, the mahram of the daughter again, and the husband falls away, he becomes a stranger to her, so he does not have any responsibility over the wife. Now we again coming to the ayat of the Holy Quran, where Allah Ta'ala says that you need to part civilly, and most cases where the husband just kicks his wife out of the house, who doesn't want to take anything from the husband, the wife doesn't want to give anything towards the wife, she needs to now go and seek uh, the, the maintenance of her family members again, and this is not the case of every woman. No woman, not all women have the luxury of still having their fathers alive, mm. still having a brother that is able to see to her, that mm. has a room for her, and so on and so forth. And again, we don't live in a Muslim country. In a Muslim country, they have a specific, a baitul mal, that you know, that will see to the to the destitute, to yeah. the, see to the divorces. We don't have it. So, inshallah, we need to look towards doing something like that. There is institutions around Cape Town that do take in women. But now, as a husband, you know, how do you look at the mother of your child, your children after giving her a divorce? Do you just kick her out to the street after spending how many years with her, after building and investing time with one another and living a life and trying to benefit one another? Do you just kick your wife out onto the street with the children? Even without the children, do you just kick your wife out onto the street? Is this what Islam says to us? Do we need to oppress people because they don't? They were dependent on us all this time and now we have a, a trump card over them? This is not what the deen of Islam says. These are all factors that needs to be taken into consideration while contemplating a divorce. Mm. You know, it, a divorce isn't just, you know, you know, you now want to trade in for a newer model and so on. This is not what the Deen of Islam teaches us. The Deen of Islam places, you know, a huge amount of responsibility on two people coming together for the benefit and the sake of Allah mm. inside this institution of marriage. So these are all things that must be considered. Today we are too much, you know, 
to siding with a westernized world and how they deal with things and it makes more logical sense to us you know the way they deal my husband leaves me so immediately i am possession even though i'm working i want to claim 50 percent of his pension i want to claim 50 percent of his inheritance i want to this a b and c but we need to to, to put our trust in allah mm. who do we trust other than allah it is not my husband's responsibility it is his duty on this dunya to see to my needs but what if he's gone tomorrow we, we believe that Allah Ta'ala, is Allah Ta'ala is sufficient for us in all our needs. That's why we recite in every day we believe, you know, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil ufawidu amri Allah. We need to put our trust in Allah. And Allah Ta'ala won't neglect us the way people neglect us on this dunya, inshallah. That is very true. <coughs> so, of course, today we're discussing the financial implications of divorce. And you're welcome to SMS any comments or questions to 47913. Just a comment that came through here. It says, I've embraced Islam 35 years ago and I still love Islam. Allah Allah guide you in, uh, to Jannah. Ameen, inshallah. Ameen, inshallah. So, Sheikh, there's quite a few questions that's come through um, that speaks about um, the marriage um, or rather shall I say the children outside of, of the marriage so um, the children born out of wedlock and yes. how they need to be nafakad so I'm not going to go through each of them I just hope inshallah that you would take cognizance if you've SMS a question pertaining to that uh, we're going to uh, generalize that statement inshallah inshallah Inshallah, if we, we speak about a child that is born out of wedlock, now the law of Allah comes into play. Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, and it is clear, wala taqrabu zina. Do not go near to zina. You know, do not even try anything that is going to cause you to commit zina. So now you commit zina. This is going against the law of Allah. And rem- remember, Jamaatul Muslimin, there's a hadith of Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that says, any person committing zina at the time of committing zina Allah Ta'ala does not look upon that person as being a believer in the deen of Islam may Allah Ta'ala protect us and safeguard us inshallah may Allah Ta'ala forgive us all our shortcomings may Allah Ta'ala forgive us if we had committed any sins in this deen of Islam inshallah but coming to the question now the, the, the lineage of a child born outside of wedlock is only to his mother this is in the deen of Islam. The father, the biological father, is not seen as that child's father on the, in, 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 the, in the deen of Islam. Meaning that the child cannot... Imam Shafi, he goes as far to say that if it is a daughter that is born outside of wedlock, that father, the biological father, can even marry the daughter that was born from that. This, this is the severity. We're not saying that it happens and it should happen. But this is how far Imam Shafi, rahmallah, goes to explain a child born outside of wedlock. That child is not due the nafaqa from his father. It is not obligatory on the, on the father. Now we say sometimes, and the old man said, why do we now punish the child for what the parents had done. It is not the punish. The punishment is severe, but the punishment is more as a deterrent for people committing zina and for people bringing children into this world illegitimately. Then, then the the, the 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 child being punished for that for the crime. So, the, if there is a divorce or even during the 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 marriage itself, that father is not obliged to nafaka a son or a daughter that is born outside of wedlock. That child's lineage goes through the mother and then her father. That you will find is in fact that that child's supposed to take the surname of his mother. His, his grandfather, the, the father of the mother's surname, is supposed to be attached to that child. So the father doesn't have anything. And again, we might say that, you know, it sounds harsh, but it was harsh again to commit zina when Allah Ta'ala said to us explicitly in the Quran, do not go near to zina. So it, it is not a law 
that is sin is harsh. You know, we supposed to protect ourselves. And we had the duty and the responsibility of seeing that such a thing doesn't happen. That is why we have the institution of nikah. And this isn't something that we're not saying to belittle anybody outside. We don't say that nobody makes mistakes. The deen of Islam recognizes mistakes like this. But Allah Ta'ala has then created for us the bab of tawbah, the bab of istighfar, to make tawbah of Allah, to ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness where we have wronged ourselves on this world, inshallah. Shikran for that, Sheikh. There are quite a few questions coming in, so we'll try to get uh, through them as we go along, inshallah. Um, Sheikh, the next question, a husband that has that's divorced his wife, uh, but they have four girls um, already. The wife then remarried. What's the responsibility of both the ex and the current husband in this situation? Inshallah, obviously the ex-husband, he will be the father of the children until the day of Qiyamah. The lineage will always go through the father, the, the biological father of the four girls. Alhamdulillah, he will be their mahram, he will be their wali, he will be their wakil on the day that they get married. The current husband has no relations whatsoever to their children. The, when, when the, if the girls are living with, her, with the mother and the, 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 the stepfather, if we may call him that, then obviously they need to see to it that their aura is always covered in front of the stepfather, that they always be respectful. In fact, the Deen of Islam says that they're not allowed even to call their stepfather father. They must call him uncle so-and-so. But the Deen of Islam says that if a, a, a wife marries and she has children, especially daughters, then that the, the, the wife immediately loses custody of the children and that children should go to her mother. They then should, her mother then should take the children in and she should look after the children. Obviously the mother will always be the mother, but it is best if the children lives with her mother. And this is to safeguard the family against fitna. And obviously it is difficult for a non-mahram living in the house with females and, sh- and so mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. That is the reason for it, inshallah. Inshallah. So today we are discussing the program of the, impl- the financial implications of divorce. You're welcome to SMS or send those questions to 47913 or even comment on the show. You are, of course, welcome to do that. In studio with me, Sheikh Fadil Imandin, and Sheikh is the head of the MJC's Department of Social Welfare. Sheikh, um, not quite related to, to Nafaka per se, because it seems like this couple didn't divorce, but it says here the wife didn't receive a dowry, but the husband is going to travel again without her. He did go before to Makkah. Um, she wants to go with this time, but he keeps telling her that she's got no money, that he's got no money, sorry. Now, alhamdulillah, a dowry is part of the contractual uh, agreement when a, a husband and wife contracts a marriage between the two. It is in fact a condition that the dowry must be given. And that dowry that is given to the wife, it is obviously a gift to her for accepting the proposal in marriage. The husband, if he had not paid his dowry by now, it is a responsibility and a duty more than going to Makkah at this point. He has been before, so he, he needs to see to it that his wife receives the dowry because that is more important than him. It is a debt that he owes his wife. In in fact, the deen of Islam goes so far and we need to educate one another that if a husband did not pay his dowry to his wife, she can now refuse him in the bed. That is the only time a wife can refuse her husband if the dowry was not paid up in full. Obviously, the deferred dowry is something that is allowed in the deen of Islam, but we must make a concerted effort before we go and buy a car, before we buy a TV, before we buy luxury things, before we even go and, and travel, even if we're wanting to go to Makkah, we have been there before, then the best thing to do, to do 
for the husband is to pay to see to it that his wife's dowry is paid, inshallah. Sheikh, sorry about that, but it seems like the uh, first part of the question only came through now. If you don't mind, if I can redo that okay, one inshallah. completely, it says um, we we are in our second marriage, so they are currently married. Both of them are in their second marriage. The wife needs to beg and plead for money for her personal needs. The husband can afford. Uh, he's got to own business. Um, these give the married child an allowance every month, so that probably would be from the first marriage. The said the child must maintain a lifestyle. That child has all have all the years. Both spouses don't have kids of one another, and wife didn't receive the dowry. Um, and husband goes on travel, and now he she wants to go with, and um, the, he tells her there's no money. So I hope now, that clarifies. Yeah, it does to a certain extent, but we need to then look at the relationship here between this husband and wife. What is your relationship based on? What are, what are the benefits that you are trying to get from one another? Obviously, the best travel, especially if you're going to Makal Mukarrama to go and worship Allah. I, in my opinion, and this is my humble opinion, the best travel. When you're doing that is with your spouse There is no better thing for a husband And wife to do at any point in their life Than to tawaf the baytullah Than to stand on the on the plains of Arafah, then do you know There is no, this This is just something That cements to a, a, a Certain degree that the relationship Between the husband and wife If the, the, the spouse is giving you know More to the child of the previous It might be because of guilt We don't know what is the reason for him wanting to Give the, 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 the child of a previous relationship all these things but then we need to look at the relationship more between the current husband and current wife to see why things are happening the way they are happening inshallah there is maybe underlying issues that we don't know of when we come back from the break we're going to ask the question in terms of um, uh, fasah and if you are the, the wife has now undergone the fasah who still needs to support her? we'll be back after this my radio station your radio station our radio station the voice of the cape It's quarter to one on Voice of the Cape. Welcome back to our program. We've got quite a few SMSs to go through, so we will do that, inshallah. Of course, today we're discussing the financial implications of divorce. 47913 is the number to call. And then uh, if we don't get through this maybe this week, Sheikh, we can maybe continue inshallah. with these questions next week as well, inshallah. So, Sheikh, um, there is one that came through. Uh, let me just quickly see if I can find it. Um, it says, it is his Islamic duty to pay a wife for each and every drop that she fed to his children and all she did was worked in the house and this is islam oh this is islamically yeah that obviously that is islam and if the comment is uh, you know if that is the comment and it is because this is the law of allah if the, you, you can never repay any mother or any wife for the milk that she had breastfed or the children with neither can you pay any wife that's uh, that is at home you know that that is that is labeled as a housewife they're not doing nothing at home they're seeing to the needs of the house they're seeing to the cleanliness of the house mm-hmm. they're seeing to the children they're seeing to the the running of the household it is something that no husband can maybe do but the wife is strong enough to do it so if she if that is her responsibility then why does she not uh, Deserve something in return for what she is doing for the household. True. Sheikh, the next question. If a husband takes a second wife without the wife knowing and she finds out after a year, he said that she doesn't have to know. Is that a halal affair? He said that he didn't want to commit haram. She is not happy and wants to leave the marriage. Yeah, alhamdulillah, halal affair is almost like saying that some of the restaurants are halal friendly. There we go. Yes. <laughs> no, alhamdulillah. No, there's no such thing as a halal affair. If there was any car that had taken place and there was the you know the consent of the, the wali and so on, if she 
you needed one and the, the, the criteria was met for any car to go through, then it is a marriage. Obviously, being is secret is something that is questionable. Yes, it can be done in secret, but obviously we know that the nikah is something that must be made. Uh, there must be an announcement made to say that these two people are a married couple. So you see them tomorrow, it doesn't cause fitna. Mm. But there's obviously other, other things that is not being said in the SMS that needs to be dealt with, inshallah. And obviously the first wife is not happy with the situation. The next question, what if a woman has fasakhed uh, the, the husband? Must he still support her during this time? Obviously when a, a wife applies for a fasakh One of the main reasons why a fasakh is granted Is because the husband wasn't maintaining her in the first place So if a husband wasn't maintaining the wife Logically while he was married to her Obviously he's not going to do it when a divorce goes through Even though it is his duty Even though it is his responsibility So yes it is his duty to do so But whether he's going to do so Because you had received the fasakh uh, I'm thinking uh, on the basis that I didn't maintain you in the first place mm. then he's not going to do it when a fasakh is being granted true Sheikh next question I'm married under Islamic law after two years my husband and I also married in community of property um, so obviously in married in front of the courts is this allowed in Islam and does it nullify our Islamic marriage <laughs> Obviously, it doesn't nullify the Islamic marriage. All it means now that your marriage, your marriage is now registered with the national registry, uh, with the Department of Home Affairs. Now you are married in a community of property, which means that everything that your husband owns, 50% thereof, is automatically yours, and everything that you own, 50% automatically becomes that of the husband's. Mm. This can be done maybe by agreement, but it is frowned upon amongst the fraternity, the ulama fraternity, and the Sharia, because this is not what is allowed. You cannot take ownership of anything. That doesn't belong to you You cannot take ownership of anything That you haven't worked towards Or anybody hasn't given you So to, to just, uh, you know it, it, And this is not something that happens At the time of getting married civilly It happens in 10 years time You maybe receive a house uh, Somebody comes knocking on your door And gives you a house And he gives it to you alone Automatically 50% of that house Is owned by your husband mm. You know, nothing was given to him Nothing was, you know, said that he can have of But this is community of property we advise our, 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 our couples that are wanting to get married civilly for whatever reason that they should do it with an ANC contract, not voting for Zuma, but ANC means anti-nuptial contract, which, which is the closest regime to the Islamic one, which means what's yours is yours and what's mine is mine. So it doesn't invalidate the Islamic uh, uh, nikah. Obviously, the nikah is, 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 is needed mm. because in the court of Allah, you, you, you need to be a married couple. A person that goes out and, marriage, and get married civilly only that marriage is not recognized in the court of Allah and that people will be living in zina okay Sheikh next question is a, a mixture of English and Afrikaans I'll try my best to do this inshallah uh, when a husband says to his wife Fatia Khutin Luap and in say hey hated Badul in his mind does it stand uh, does it stand as a talak? Um, and the, the next morning, um, he says, Ya is on the Iddah. Yeah, inshallah, that is known as a talak inayatan. It is the intention of the husband to issue a divorce to his wife, but not using the words talak or divorce inside the sentence. He says to his wife, It means that he doesn't want to be your husband and he doesn't want you as a wife anymore. So that would mean that, you know, 
that is a divorce. Kinayatan, his intention was divorce you. Or he says to his wife, you are like my mother's back to me, which means that his mother is haram for him and now he makes you haram for him as well. And that would also constitute a divorce that is kinayatan, that is by the intention of the husband and by that the, the, the wife will immediately go. Obviously in this, the intention of the husband must be made clear. You know, sometimes someone says, just go out, man, just get out of here. It mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that you must leave forever. It just means that you need to leave the room for a few minutes or a few hours and then come back. But this is something that people shouldn't play around with because Allah knows what is our intentions. Mm. And Allah will always know what our intentions are as much as we want to hide it from people. Allah will, will, will hold us accountable as regarding our intention on the day of Qiyamah as well. Sheikh, a very interesting question that came through. What if the wife had worked for everything and worked for the kids and now the husband refuses to pay her back? How does she claim according to the house which is now on both the names? If the house is on both the names, that would mean that the house, 50% of the house is hers and 50% belongs to the husband. But now she's saying that she had worked for everything in the house. So it actually belongs to her because she paid for it. If the husband, by the state of, uh, by, by South African law, he is due 50% just because of the fact that his name is on the title deed. But if he knows that it is not his, then he, it is better for him to, to sign over the house completely to the wife if she had worked for everything because it does belong to the wife. However, that is going to be difficult because when it comes to money all we see is, you know, our, our head spin when it comes to money. Nobody wants to sign out and it is free money. When mm. it, the same thing would apply in inheritance. That's why we fight over inheritance. It is free money. So nobody is going to sign of free money but we would implore to you know, encourage one another. If it doesn't belong to you, give it over. Allah Ta'ala will obviously give you better in the in the year after but also on this dunya inshallah. Sheikh, next question. My wife forced me out of a separate entrance on her mother's property and wanting me to give her a talak. What happens to all of our household possessions if I do give her a talak? Again, it comes into play that what is yours is yours and what is hers is hers. Whatever you bought inside that house belongs to you legally and by the Sharia law uh, that you know you need to take possession of. Obviously, here we need to also give a, a caution of guidance and to make women understand if Allah Ta'ala says in the hadith that any woman, any wife that asks her husband for a talaq and there is no reason for the talaq to take place on the day of Qiyamah, Allah Ta'ala will not look up on, uh, at the face of that woman on the day of Qiyamah standing before Allah. So do not, maybe sometimes we do things in haste, sometimes we do things in anger. It is best for us as Muslims to calm ourselves down before we make any decisions, especially decisions as, as, as huge as separating as husband and wife inshallah. Uh, shukran so much, Sheikh. We've got about two minutes or so left of the program, so please send in those SMSs 47913. What we don't answer this week, we will answer next week, Wednesday. Unfortunately, we don't have a program on the Tuesday because we do have a, a ladies' molud taking place next week, Tuesday. Inshallah, we'll be broadcasting from Strand. So, Sheikh, um, next, it's actually a comment. Uh, shukran to, to Sheikh and Mishka for a very informative program, Alhamdulillah. I am not affected by divorce, but Sheikh is highlighting very important points. Shukran for that. Shukran. Uh, question next Sheikh uh, my, uh, This is my second husband He will be 70 next year I am 57 I am a wife that cooks uh, food I am working, he doesn't He doesn't speak a lot um, We've been 19 years married He puts his money on his grandchild um, When he dies he must look after me And I don't think it's right 
So if we could maybe just ask Sheikh a, a very small nasiha in terms of especially nafaka and uh, looking if possible at the marriage bill. Uh, I know that that is uh, in court at the moment up for discussion as well. No, inshallah, when we look at marriage, you know, our marriages, we sometimes uh, come into the idea when we first get married, we marry because of love and, you know, the year style and whatever the clothing and the car that the husband is driving and the way the wife or the, the proposed uh, wife smiles at the husband. So we get married for this in, with this idea there. Mm. So now we need to keep it going. We need to keep this flame alive. So we try to do it while we're married, but sometimes we get so lackadaisical while we are married. We sit back and relax. And this wheel, we expect the wheel just to turn without me doing making any effort therein. As married people, we need to make effort to keep this love alive between the two of us. Allah Ta'ala says that, you know, the marriage is based on love and mercy. So we need to understand that when love is no longer there, mercy needs to kick in for our spouses. Yeah, again, when we speak about marriage we speak we think about uh, responsibilities and duties but marriage is not based on responsibilities and duties my marriage to my husband is not based on the fact that he must nafaka me that he must be respectful to me that he must do a b c d and e to me and my wife must do this that and the other for me marriage is not based on duties responsibilities marriage is based on the fact that we want to benefit one another so that we may attain the highest position in jannah amin Amin. we want to be a benefit to one another and you know, have this family that will be beneficial beneficial to one another. We encourage our, our listeners to make the dua often. Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina kurrata ayuni wa ja'alna lilmuttaqina imama that we make dua that, Ya Allah, my spouse let my spouse be the coolness of my eyes. That when I look at my spouse I see a person who is beneficial for me who completes me as a Muslim, as somebody who deans the, the, and worships Allah Ta'ala. And also that my children will be uh, children of those who will be leaders in those who have taqwa and obviously they will only be leaders in taqwa if they have that example in their mother and father mm. so marriage is not just a contract that we sign and you know now we are married on paper and now we need to live this life until death do us part but it is something that we need to enjoy we need to enjoy the drive inshallah with our co-driver and the passengers at the back inshallah that is so important shukran so much for that sheikh so uh, next week we continue we'll have sheikh in studio with Antirueda Ali uh, who's also a counselor at the MJC's Department inshallah. of Social Development until we chat again. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.